It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. That is Bible study time. We are about to jump into the book of Hebrews once again, chapter 5. We are right into it here on The Breakfast Show. But before we do, we have a slew of text messages to get through and some really thoughtful ones coming through. Uh, mm-hmm. Very much appreciate those things that have been said. But before we do, we have our pentathlon quiz, 400-pointer. Let's see what we've got. All right, for 400 points, which will net you something from our um, bargain book selection. Here we go, 400 points. What did Jesus tell church members of Laodicea they could do uh, with him if they overcame? Okay. If you know the answer, 0491 is the number to call or text. And you can either... Get your points on the board, be a part of our bragging rights crew, continue to sweep your way through the quiz, or pick up a, yeah, one of the books from our bargain book selection. But again, that question was, what did Jesus tell uh, church members of Laodicea they could do with him if they overcame? Okay, the overcomers in Laodicea, what could they do with Jesus? 0491 Save that number in your phone so you don't have to write it down when I rattle it off too fast. That's right. That uh, is correct. All right, let's go to uh, our text messages. And, uh, well, where do we start with these? <laughs> There's a whole slew of them and a variety of comments, um, I should say. Uh, the first one is from uh, Raphael, the other Raphael. We've got two Raphaels that text us. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome back, Lyle and Lawson. So good to hear you guys again. Uh, glad to hear that you're well and recovered from your sickness, Lawson. Yep. For the most part. For the most part, yeah. During the song breaks, he does um, hang his head out the window and <laughs> cough himself up. Don't today. tell people that. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> nah, that was yesterday, not today. Um, okay. In relationship, I did ask people to text in relationship to the City Point Brisbane, Brisbane City Point Christian School, mm. uh, which have this contract. And as I pointed out, there are things I like about the contract. If mm. I had daughters, I would send my daughters to this school because I like the fact that it offers them a safe place. Mm. And I, and I know that, you know, they would not get that in a lot of other schools. However, the big question is, how do you minister to kids that are struggling with, you know, gender dysphoria? Mm. Okay, so Freco has this to say. Jesus said, love one another, not exclude one another. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. So how do you then provide safe places for your girls without excluding people that have gender dysphoria? Mm. That's my big question. And I don't have an answer to this question. I know I do believe there is an answer out there. I just don't. I just don't know that I have it because I really appreciate what Freco has said here. It's it's absolutely the truth. I I think though, like the rules. And as you pointed out, as you here. as you pointed out, Lawson. Yeah. If you have got somebody that's struggling with gender dysphoria, they need to be at a Bible based school. Yes. Yes. And it comes up in another one of these text messages here in a moment. Sorry. You, oh, you know. I was, I was going to say, okay, so the contract like prohibits in, in, in areas of like uniform and everything, like uniform, locker rooms, bathrooms, sports. Yeah. Okay. So you can, someone can have gender dysphoria and be struggling with that issue and participate in the school without then taking the step of breaking uniform policy and code. So, like, like my thought is like, the, it, someone could be at this school. There, there is, yeah, just this. I, I guess it's like, what is the definition of of breaking these particular things? And it, because I, I think the standard that they want to set is that this is a non negotiable. Everyone needs to follow these rules, no matter if you're struggling with gender dysphoria or not. 
when it comes to issues of uniform, they... It's a binary school. It's a binary school. Um, so therefore, someone could be there and be ministered to, even if they're struggling with these issues, given that they abide by the, you know, in terms of locker rooms and uniforms and all those things, that they abide by the rules. Mm. So, so I think there is a way that people can be there and be included. It's just that they've laid down clear rules and foundation as to... Yeah, how to dress and what to do. Anyway, next one here. Um, this is from one of our other Raphaels again. So as Christians, we need to have compassion and grace for people with different ideologies. Mm. To ours. Jesus said on hearing this, Jesus said to them, quote, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Yes. I've not come mm. to call the righteous, but the sinners. Mm. So if you exclude sinners, I mean, are they trying to exclude sinners from the school? I don't think so. I don't read it that way. But I think a lot of people definitely could see it that way. I mm-hmm. think a lot of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of parents and students could see it that way. Mm-hmm. Ivan says, well done, guys, for having the courage to talk about such topics. Well, pray for us here <laughs> on Faith FM. <laughs> Stay on air. Yeah. Michael says, we can no longer be lukewarm on these things. Men are men, women are women. Calling people what they are not is being dishonest, which is lying. Mm. Uh, Suzanne says, I'd love to see SDA schools doing a similar thing Okay, as this Brisbane school is doing. I wouldn't recommend that students be forced to leave the school, however, as trends do pass. Yeah. That's an that's a interesting that point a right there point, because... Yeah. You know, the whole social contagion of transgenderism amongst uh, teen girls is a trend. It mm-hmm. will pass. Mm-hmm. But it's like how long before how long before it passes? We don't know. Uh, just keep treating them the same as other pupils and encourage them to realise that God doesn't make mistakes with gender. Yes. Love your radio works. Guys, mm. blessings. Suzanne. Oh, this is a really good comment right there. Yeah. Okay, let's see what Darren's got to say. Is there room in that school to minister to children who are questioning their sexuality. Uh, that was the one we read earlier, and uh, it's a very, very valid point. Mm. Um, often providing good role models... Uh, okay, often providing good role models along with a non-anxious, loving presence is helpful in all this and begins at home with good mother and father role models. And that's absolutely the truth. Mm. Uh, and... That's why, you know, children that come from homes where there is, you know, a father and a mother, you know, a biological father and a mother that are together are the most stable and well-adjusted kids that are out there. Mm. But the reality is, I guess, that, you know, the vast majority don't come from that kind of home. You don't come from that kind of home. Mm. I don't come from that kind of a home. Um, you know, and that's 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 just... Yeah. That's just uh, that is... That is the best, and I think that this is important too for school staff to take in mind because obviously you're not going to have kids, you're going to have a, a lot of kids that do not come from a stable home. Mm. And so providing those role models as teachers becomes incredibly important. Mm. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Okay, other, other, this is Arthur Raphael. So I'm, we've got the two Raphaels here. Uh, parent contract, obviously a Christian school, not unusual nowadays. This is the type of school that I would bring my daughters if they were 30 years younger. Like you said, safety for the children in physical, mental, and spiritual. I'm all for it. 
Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, that's the world we live in. That's the government that forced the issue. They are the ones who made the laws that hate Christian morals. It's a matter of choice. They don't have to go to that school, which, you know, I think there's a lot of validity to that as well. I went to a school for two years, um, college, that had a whole bunch of rules that I didn't like or agree with. Mm. But I kept those rules while I was at that school because it's their school, it's not mine. Mm. I'm the student. They own it. Yeah, that's right. They get to make the rules. Mm. And so I could disagree with the rules and sort of, you know, being a... uh, you know, a, a 20-year-old, I was like, yes, let's change the world. The school needs to change. Like my dad sort of sat me down and said, no, if you go there, that's your choice. Yeah, that's right. No one's forcing you to go there. <laughs> you know, and, and, and particularly in that case, you know, I spent my own money and went there. Um, so it's a valid point. Uh, depends if you're a Christian educator or not. It's time for educators to live by their Christian convictions, not the world. It's time to help those that need help with godly love and truth, not lies. I appreciate the government places restrictions on them, including a uh, possibility of losing your jobs. God help you with your decisions. Mm. The thing that I'm, I'm starting to, to see here kind of... I'm getting the, I'm getting the uh, Raphael's confused here. But anyway, yeah, uh, that's okay. You all know who sent your text messages. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I'm starting to see like through through this situation is that just as I'm getting more familiar with this story and more familiar with the what is part of the contract is that the purpose of the contract isn't to actually exclude people, but rather to do everything in its power to not promote things that aren't, they, the school doesn't it does provide with. It does provide a mechanism by, by which you can exclude. Yeah. But for the purpose of like, I think the, the point is, is that we don't want to promote these things that we don't agree with. So, yeah. Uh, and so it's it's like yes, there are mechanisms in which people can be excluded, uh, but that is. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. But, but I think that's from the from the perspective that like oh, if someone wants to to push this issue here, that we don't want to. Um, we, we don't of something that we don't believe in and we don't want to promote, then we have right to exclude. We have the right to exclude them. Not that we will, but we have the right to. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. I don't know because it would be interesting to see how this is actually put into practice in that school. That's right. Mm. I would suspect that is the case because it's a Christian school and that's how Christians would operate. Mm. Uh, and I think what they've done by putting it in the contract is place something there so that, you know, if they're working with a student that's really struggling with this, but the parents of the student and the student themselves become stubborn about it, mm. they can say, look, you know, there's a there's a better school for you. I would that's think right. that I would think that that's how it would go into practice. Mm. The problem is are you even going to get these vulnerable students that are going to come to the school where they need to be in mm. the first place? Have you excluded them from even attending the school by putting it in the contract? Because they're like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to have a bar at the school. I'm just, not, you know, I've, I've, I wouldn't feel safe here, and so I'm going to be. Uh, they're just excluded that way. Yeah. Oh, you know, are you putting up? Are you putting up hurdles that really don't need to be jumped? Mm. Mm. Oof. This is going to be an interesting one to uh, follow in the conversation, and it's a conversation that we need to have. We need to discuss it backwards and forwards in an open and honest and loving manner uh, because that's how we come up with solutions. Mm. 
Um, we what we need to do is stop shouting at each other, stop bullying each other, uh, stop being bigoted, and you know we need to listen to all the different sides of this story, and we need to come up with really effective solutions that protect all of our young people mm. and provide safe places for all of our young people. All right, let's get into our Bible study. Um, I had a bunch of other text messages here. We don't have time. <laughs> we just, we just, um, yeah. Let's, yeah. We just don't. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, guys. Yes, Thank you've you done really well. <laughs> you've done you. really well. We are going to spend some time in Bible study now, and if you want to, well, we would still love for you to to uh, participate in the Bible study. Send in your text messages in relationship to the Bible study. Mm. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, and we are going to read today verse 7 and 8. Lawson, go for it. All right, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 and 8, the Bible says, While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Okay, so this is this is interesting uh, passage here because okay, you've got Jesus. What, what what kind of things? How is he praying, and what kind of things is he praying for? Um, so like this takes my mind immediately to like Gethsemane or him yes. hanging on the cross, like yes. these times under which he was in in an immense stress stressful state. Yes, um, and he's calling out to God, asking him to asking. Asking God, the Father in heaven, to help him, to to bring him through, to be with him, to not forget him. Um, very like typical things that we see happen all throughout the Bible, um, and even in the lives of Christians today. That's what Jesus that's what is we doing. Do. That's what we do when we're in times of stress and trial. Yeah, and so Jesus is going through those trials, and he himself <laughs> is calling out to God. Yes, and yeah. Okay, so you've got Jesus here who is um, who is calling out to God. Mm. And uh, with strong crying and tears unto him that is able to save him from death. Mm. And he was heard. Mm. Okay, so Jesus is in Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. He's praying to God the Father Mm -hmm. who can save him from death. And the Bible says, and he was heard. Yes. But he wasn't because he died. Oh, but does that mean that he wasn't heard though? Like this is this is my thought is like God heard him. Jesus said, "My father, my father, why have you forsaken me?" But he said, "Lord, your will be done." Like, and I feel like this is what gets into the next verse here, like in verse eight. Like, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience, like from from and the things surrender. that he suffered, suffered. Obedience and surrender. Like he he ultimately, and that was the point of his prayer is like. God, obviously, I don't want to go through this. Who wants to, right? Yes. Who wants to hang on a cross? Like, no, no one. We, I mean, those of us who haven't had COVID yet, we don't want to have COVID. That's right. You know, we think about it sort of most days. It crosses our mind. It's like, I uh, don't want to get it. Yeah, I that's right. I don't want to get it. I'm going to get it. I know I'm going to get it. It's going to happen. I don't yeah. want to get it. Mm. And we pray with tears and crying and supplication. No, we don't. <laughs> 
that's right. Uh, well, for Christ, like uh, just and for for all of us, like the little act of hanging on a yeah, cross, and no like one, nothing compared to the compared cross. to that. It's, it's like, yeah. but and everything that was attached to that too, being beaten and mocked and scorned, and like the experience of of you know Golgotha, it was it was so immensely terrible and painful and awful that no one just within it of themselves wants to go through that. Sorry. But Jesus follows that up with, but let your will be done. Like, if I need to drink this cup, like, I will do it. Why? And and that's where the Bible says, like, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the Jewish cross. cross. despising the shame and set down the right hand of the Father. Be- why? Because he knew that that was the necessary step that needed to be taken to save humanity. Yes. And that was Jesus' mission. And we see here that, like, yeah, he called out to God and God did hear him. And God said, get on the cross. <laughs> like, so yeah, like God has the ability to save Jesus from death. And he probably did many times, like from when he was a baby, like, f- you know, evading the um, Roman authorities who are, you know, on the, uh, under orders from Herod to kill every child. Like many times throughout Jesus's life, he was going to be killed. Like they were like, Oh, let's stone this guy. Cause he said he's God. And then, you know, he kind of whisks away through the crowd and, and gets out of there. Um, and so God, plenty of times God protected him and saved him um, because he called out to God and God heard him, but God definitely heard him in Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. But he was like, Hey, you need to get on the cross. This needs to take place. And Jesus was like, yep, that's exactly what I need to do. And he did it. Praise yes. the Lord. Amen, because we would all be lost if uh, if that hadn't been the case. The Bible says here that he learned obedience. Mm. What's your thoughts on that? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, actually, as a listener. What are your thoughts on the on the fact that the Bible says that he learned obedience? I mean, we learn obedience because our parents teach us obedience. And the reason that they teach us obedience is because we are disobedient. Mm. And when we do something that is disobedient, our parents teach us to be obedient. So what does it mean that Jesus learned obedience? Because he did not learn it by being disobedient and being taught obedience. This is actually a bit of a um, topic of discussion surrounding the show The Chosen, actually. Oh, and I, ha- I'm out of the loop. Uh, and Fill me in. Catch me up. Basically, uh, um, a lot of people have looked at the particular scene. There's a scene in the show The Chosen. It's where the Sermon on the Mount happens. And before the Sermon of the Mount takes place, there's this scene where Jesus is kind of in this room and he's pacing back and forward and he's like practicing his sermon. Yes. And people have looked at that and said, but Jesus would... And, and, and asking for advice. Yeah. He's like kind of in this space. And people have looked at that and they said, wait. Jesus wouldn't have had to do that. Like, Jesus is God. Like, he's divine. And I'm inclined to agree because Jesus is God and he he does have a divine nature. But then at the same time, um, Jesus was also a human being who spent most of his life studying scripture. and Okay, he was learned- made in all points like as we are. All yes, yeah. like as we are. You know, he had a trade as a carpenter. He would have had to learn to be a carpenter. You know, yes. and it would the same would have applied to his knowledge of scripture wouldn't have been innately within himself. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that when he was twelve years old, he learnt and realized. He learnt something. Yes. He learnt and realized that, oh, I am the son of God here to take away the sins of the world. Like I'm gonna die for the sin of the world. And so and so where is that where do we draw that line of like Christ is a divine is is God in flesh, um, which some people interpret as oh, that means that he is fully divine and in need of nothing. Yeah, so you've got the view that Jesus was a human being who was living here on this earth as God in that he knew all things. 
he didn't have to learn anything yeah. because he just automatically knew it. And I, that's not what the Bible indicates. Yeah, the Bible ex- exactly. indicates that he was made in all points like as we are. Yeah. And so for a human being just like you and I. So for Christ to learn obedience obviously didn't come from a place of being disobedient, but it says he had to learn obedience through suffering. And this is interesting. When you come back to that, oh, there's so little time. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's go to that 500-point uh, question. All right. A really tough one. 500 points. What kind of knocking accompanied the handwriting on the wall that had terrified the Babylonian king Belshazzar? Ooh, do you know this one, Lyle? What kind of knocking? What kind of knocking? Yes, I do. Yeah, this I was is, like, what this, on earth are you talking this about? Is, that this is, is so subver- subversive. It is incredibly subversive. I'll read it again. What kind of knocking accompanied the handwriting on the wall that had terrified the Babylonian king Belshazzar? Oh, if you know the answer, you can give us a call 0491-064-669, call or text, and you can win our 500-point prize for this morning, which is the book Tears of Joy, One Man's Journey Through Grief by Mike Tucker, um, fantastic book, awesome read. It's actually, it's actually one of the more expensive of, of the books that we have here at Faith FM. But yes, yeah, 0491-064-669 is the number to call in text. And again, that question was, what kind of knocking accompanying the handwriting on the wall that had terrified the Babylonian King Belshazzar? Yes. Good stuff. Absolutely. Okay, so there's a couple of uh, text messages come through in relationship to the Bible study. And we do want to hear from you in relation to the Bible study. Jesus learned obedience. This is uh, from one of our Raphaels. Jesus learned obedience through sufferings. As he is our example, <clears throat> we all also learn through our suffering. And I think this is an important point that I was actually about to make before the song came to air, and that is that you do not, sne- you do not need to sin to learn obedience. Mm. Because you can learn, you learn obedience through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it does not make it does not mean that you automatically know all things. Mm-hmm. It means that you learn things and you learn new duties and new responsibilities. What it means is that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, when you learn those things, you do those things. Mm. When you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't have the power of God. You don't have the grace of God in your life. You might still learn those things and you then don't do them because that's what human nature does. It's pretty much the opposite. And obedience is something that is scalable, right? In in the sense that like it, it is in some areas easy to be obedient. It is easy to yes. be told what to do. If so, if you can Character clear- is revealed in times of crisis. That's right. If if you can clearly see like something is good for you like and if you listen to someone telling you to do something and you'll receive a reward for it, that's easy to be obedient. That's right. But in a circumstance in which you can't see that positive outcome and yet you need to be obedient, it's much more difficult. And so I feel like that is definitely the experience that Christ had because, you know, as as a child learning to be obedient, it's oh like my parents tell me to do this thing, and I'll, I'll do it because it's the right thing to do. For Christ, as an adult learning obedience, it's God is telling me to give my life on a cross for the world. Like, this is definitely a, a much more difficult task, yet he he rose to it. He always rose to it. That's right. And that's why Christ was sinless, is because he always rose to what he was being led to do. Yes, absolutely. Mm. So next text message here um, as... 
Jesus learned he also remembered at mm. 12 years of old, 12, at 12 years, of age. years of age at the temple, he said to his parents, I must be doing my father's business. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Okay, so somebody didn't hear the question correctly. Um, the question was, what kind of knocking mm-hmm. accompanied, well, I would say followed the handwriting no, on the wall. The company, just read the question. What kind of knocking accompanied the handwriting on the wall that terrified the Babylonian king Belshazzar? It followed it. <laughs> just a Look, it happened. It, it, it happened. It yeah. happened. It happened. There was some knocking. Around the time. Yeah, yeah Interesting. All right, so some good uh, some good thoughts coming through right there. Um, oh, I've got another one. What's this one say? Oh, long one. I learned obedience. God sent angel support to Jesus at Gethsemane, which gave him counsel to help him get through the mm. time ahead of him. Learning is experience. We can only take what we allow God to give us. He wants to give us so much more, but sometimes we don't allow him to take us through the experiences that we need to go through so that we can learn all that we need to learn. This is very possibly ah. this is very possibly the case. You know, it brings a question to my head because you said something that was like um, along that line of uh, basically. Oh, that's oh, from Bruce. How did how did we how do we know obedience without without sin? And and that's a very actually a very Eastern philosophical thinking this whole idea of like yin and yang the balance of good and evil like yeah you can't know you can't know darkness unless you have light and vice versa you can't know light unless you have darkness Mm -hmm. whereas the bible is actually very clearly against that thinking absolutely it's like um actually fundamentally that is a very negative thing there is no need for darkness Mm -hmm. um and we all we need is light like, love and love. The Bible is very so. I think if we subscribe to that model, we we come to the conclusion very quickly that oh, actually, sin isn't necessary for us to learn anything. Um, sin is sin is like the most unnecessary thing that yeah. there is. The only thing it's revealed is at the end of the day. The only positive thing it's revealed is how much God loves us. Is that like like He's yeah. willing to die for us yeah. on the cross? Like, and well, the universe would be a whole lot better place without it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It would always have been that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a very simple equation in my mind. I don't understand why people can't. Um, well, I guess you know, as you say, it's an Eastern concept that yeah. has invaded um, Christianity to some mm. extent. Yeah, and philosophy. Mm. All right, phones are running hot out there. I don't know what's all that's going on, but uh, I'm <laughs> getting a lot of people um, calling through and messaging through, and this is really good. We love hearing from you guys. Mm. Um, it's just, uh, it's, it's just the best. Okay, so when we think about you and I as kids, you know, we learn things because we do wrong things, and our parents say that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Whereas when you learn from the Holy Spirit, it is different because the Holy Spirit tells you that's a wrong thing to do before you do it. Yeah, preemptively. That's that's mm. called our conscience. Mm. See, our parents are never our conscience because our parents never know what we are going to do. Sometimes it's a pretty good guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's about to do it. It's going to happen. Sometimes they jump in and sometimes it's like, well, he's going to learn the hard way this time. But uh, God always knows and God always speaks to us beforehand because he never wants us to experience sin. Mm. And so for Jesus, as a human being just like you and I, Filled with the Holy Spirit, just like you and I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Did he learn obedience? Yes. Of course. How did he learn our obedience? 
by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit mm. working in his life in the same way that we learn obedience when we are surrendered to Jesus Christ. Mm. And this is the whole point of Jesus' life. His entire life is an example to us because he lived as we can live by mm. the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, obviously, he did not have the you know the habitual tendencies that we have. You know those that, that those wirings in the brain. Yeah, that, because he never created them. Because that's right, exactly. Because <laughs> he because he just didn't do it. Yeah, like because he's not all he's not altogether like us, but uh, in that respect. Mm. But in every other respect, he's just like us, and yeah. that's so important to uh, the fact that he is able to. Um, be an example for us, mm. as the Bible points out in these passages right here, and particularly in suffering. You know, you think about when Jesus went to the cross, and I love what Bruce pointed out because, you know, we we were talking earlier about like, well, Jesus prayed earnestly in the Garden of Gethsemane and God didn't hear him. Mm. Bruce is like, God sent an angel. Yes. That was such a good point. He did. To God comfort him, to be with him, like, wow. Yeah. And and this is an interesting thought because at this point, Jesus had taken on himself the sins of the entire world. Yes. Sin separates us from God. Mm. And that's why Jesus could not get any sense that he, you know, he was like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Because the sin had separated him from God, but even when the sin had separated him from God, was God still there? Yeah. Was God still listening? Yes. Absolutely. God sent an angel. That's a really important point that, uh, that that Bruce brought in there as well. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. That was John Bell there, right there, with the summons. You are listening to the Breakfast Show, and we've nearly come to the end. We have come time for the question of the day, but before we do, we have some answers for the quiz. We do, and we actually have a winner for oh, the five hundred points. Congratulations! So for one hundred, it was angels. For two hundred, it was burned to death uh, by with her father by the Philistines. For three hundred points, it was the answer was Judah. For four hundred points, sit with him at his throne. And for five hundred points, it is the knocking of the knees. The knees. That's what was knocking. Says his knees were knocking. And um, shout out Mark, who has won uh, the five hundred point prize. But right now, it is time for question of the day. All right, Lyle. Question of the day. Was Christ aware of his future, specifically as he tells people in Mark 8 to take up their cross and follow him? Yes. The answer to that question is yes, very much so. Jesus knew exactly how what his future was and how he was going to die and that he would die by crucifixion. And the reason being is that his death was prophesied about a thousand years before it took place and the means of his death, the method of his death was prophesied. And what's most interesting about that is that this prophecy was made about half a millennia before crucifixion was invented. Wow. So about 500 years before crucifixion was invented, the Bible said, yeah, Jesus will die by crucifixion, essentially. And you find that in Psalms chapter 22 and verse 16. And, of course, uh, Jesus knew his Bible so well, he knew it intimately inside out, back to front and upside mm-hmm. down. And so here in Psalms 22, 16, it says, uh, For dogs have surrounded me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Hmm. And so that's a reference, obviously, to crucifixion right there. And so, yes, Jesus did know how he would die. Uh, there's a bunch of other verses that we can look on this, look at on this particular subject. So if you go to John chapter 3, uh, for instance, in verse 14 and 15, Jesus uh, prophesies here and he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, 
even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so he talks about you know being lifted up on a pole, on a wooden pole in this instance, as the serpent was. In John chapter 8 and verse 28, uh, Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as mm. my Father taught me, I spoke these things. And so Jesus talks about you know when he is lifted up. Um, and then John chapter 12, verse 32 to 33 says, I, and if... And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, John says, signifying by what death he would die. So we read these passages here where Jesus speaks about being lifted up, and it's like, well, maybe he's going to be lifted up on the shoulders of people. You know, we do that from time to time with somebody that we like. No. Uh, in John chapter 3, he's lifted up on a pole because it's in the way that, or, or, or you know, a piece of wood, that's the way that the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness. In uh, um, and, and then, of course, John specifies it in chapter 12, and he's like, yeah, whenever it talks about him being lifted up, that means that uh, he's stating how he would die. Mm. He would die by being crucified on a cross. And, of course, there are a multitude of other um, uh, verses that we could look at right here where it says, you know, for instance, uh, and Pilate said to them, this is uh, John chapter 18, are you take him and judge him according to your law? Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put another to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Mm. So once again, John is very clear here that Jesus had spoken and had signified how he would die. Yes, please show. I have a follow-up question. So I'm just wondering. So he asked... I'm just wondering, did Jesus write some of those prophecies for himself so that when he became human, he'd be able to know all of those? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I mean, for you know, Jesus, it's, it's yeah. It's a blessing for us, obviously, and obviously the prophecies are for us too, but when, when did he maybe put it there for himself as well? Okay, so did he prophesy through David so that in the future when he read that, he would know? Yeah. Okay, this uh, this is this is um, this there's a whole bunch of time travel uh, um, <laughs> concepts that just uh, go wild right here at this particular point. Um, but love to hear your thoughts on this. Why not? Yeah, Jesus writing things for himself. I'll write this down so that when the time comes, I can read it and I will know. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, the answer to the question is yes. In answer to Shell's question, did Jesus write these notes for himself so that when he, you know, knowing he would become a human and not know these things? Rafi says, I believe the answer is yes. Let's not forget that the prophets wrote the Bible were led by the Holy Spirit who mm. speaks about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's mm. his story. We had a great great show this morning. Really mm. appreciated so many people uh, contributing. We do uh, love to hear from our listeners and to hear what your thoughts are, uh, particularly on some of these uh, more challenging subjects. And I think the book of Hebrews is going to be no have, supply, have no shortage of supply of challenging subjects to talk oh, about. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, we're going to continue on with it, of course, again tomorrow. We'll, we'll finish off uh, Hebrews chapter 5. Don't forget some, to spend some time yourself studying through Hebrews and particularly staying up with us. Hebrews chapter 5, 
Uh, stay where we are and see what you can learn out of the Bible for yourself. And, of course, as you go through your day, as always, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.